0: Hello, and welcome to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett, where we talk about all things financial, focusing on helping you plan, keep, and grow for a successful future. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. And if you're tuning in again, welcome back and thank you for listening.
1: Hello, and welcome to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett. What should you consider when reviewing your annuity? Today, we cover common questions and concerns you can think about when reviewing your annuity. For example, what are your goals and how does this annuity solve those goals? Is it worth the costs? And how do taxes come into play? Every situation is different, and these are general tips, but if you have questions about your specific situation, please reach out either by phone or email. My name is Garrett Smith, and we look forward to having you with us today. Here we go again. Here's another one. Thanks for listening. (laughs) I think this is a less than exciting topic, but one that impacts far more people than a lot of the topics we go in.
2: Yeah. I mean, you can really get in the weeds on these things. And what we're going to talk about today is annuities. And man, these things nowadays are just so complicated.
1: <laughs> They've been complicated. I don't know if there's ever been. a Yeah, one. they
2: have been. You get an annuity contract and you know, you've felt like you've bought a home, not an annuity. The document's <laughs> so thick and documents that thick are always meant to protect the people who write the contract.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You're not presenting the contract to the insurance company. They're giving it to you, right? (laughs) Exactly. And I think before we dive in, I think we're agnostic on annuities. Sure. They're just another tool out there. And I think sometimes they're a tool that gets misapplied, but sometimes they're applied appropriately too. Mm -hmm. So I don't think any annuity is inherently bad or good. It's just, does it solve the problem you're trying to solve using it?
2: Yeah. I think in today's world, they're probably, well, I know they're oversold, There's probably more people who are buying annuities that probably shouldn't. It's just because of the way the sales structure of annuities are set up. Most annuities pay lavish commissions, and then salespeople are incentivized to make them sound as good as possible and kind of obscure the downside of them. And so I guess we're just saying, if you're thinking about buying one, be cautious. And if you own one, let's just make sure we understand what we own and why we own it.
1: Yeah. And I think that's kind of the direction we want to take this conversation is, okay, I've got an annuity. Now what?
2: Yeah. And full disclosure, I have an annuity. I have an annuity that's got quite a bit of funds in it. So I'm not anti-annuity by any means. And we've sold annuities. Right. We still sell annuities. right? It's just probably not as vigorously as they're being sold to the general public for sure.
1: Yeah. I think one thing that we prefer and lean towards this flexibility in a plan because you never know what life's going to bring. And annuities kind of reduce that flexibility. exactly So we just are a little more cautious about going down the annuity route if there's a chance, if we're giving up too much flexibility, I guess, if you will. So you've got an annuity. Now what? You got your statement in front of you. And I kind of think the first question you've got to ask yourself regularly is, why did I buy this in the first place? What's the main goal? An annuity is kind of a way to shift risk from yourself to another company, Mm -hmm. third party, an insurance company of whether it's market risk or income risk or longevity risk, meaning what risk was I most worried about when I bought this? Mm -hmm. Am I worried that I was going to run out of money in retirement? Am I worried that I was going to outlive my money? Am I worried that my money's going to just keep going down and down because the market is going to crash and eventually everything goes to zero. Those are all different things. And annuities may be able to solve each one of those individually. Sometimes they say they can solve them all, but there's usually one key feature depending on the annuity contract. And so I think that's the first thing to ask yourself is what was my main goal when I originally purchased this annuity contract?
2: Yeah. And I think the other thing that goes along with that is any annuity that you have is going to have some features and benefits, some costs associated with them. And you have to kind of look at the trade-offs. And the trade-offs, there's always a positive and a negative that's associated with it. And so you're giving up something for these features and benefits. And is the trade-off worth it in your particular situation? I think that's why it gets pretty confusing sometimes when you're trying to figure out whether to buy one or not.
1: Yeah, and I think oftentimes they can be sold as an investment product Mm -hmm. and they're really an insurance product. Right. So start thinking of it like your homeowner's insurance and your car insurance of you're insuring against some risk that you don't want to take. Correct. And that's the main feature of an annuity. Now, there may be other benefits that come along with that, but when you take the annuity that you have and take it out of the investment vehicle and put it in the insurance bucket, there may be some crossover. Usually there is. But you're purchasing insurance, and it's a good thing to have. I think insurances are a good thing to have. If your house burns down, you need it. Yeah, the problem
2: with them, though, is that most of them are sold as investment products, not insurance products. And I think that's kind of where we get sideways with the typical insurance salesperson. They sell them as solving an investment situation, but you can solve all those investment situations far easier with investment products than an insurance products so try and keep that in mind and distinguished and make sure that you're coming down on the right side of that
1: yeah so you've established what was the main goal of it and then you just look at the costs and there's usually layers of costs typically there's investment costs in there there's policy costs there's rider costs there's a bunch of different names
2: or there's opportunity costs you know oh, a lot of the fixed annuities the agent will say well there's no fees associated to it And so what that means is there's not any visible fees. So the question is, if you have an annuity that doesn't show you any costs and you buy it, why is there a surrender penalty? If you put money in, surrender penalty means you got to leave it there for five years. I've seen annuities as long as 15 years. If there's no cost, then why, when I put my money in, can I not get it back out? Because there's a cost there. And so... Whether it's an opportunity cost or whether it's a fee that you actually see on the statement, they all have costs. Trust me, the insurance companies do nothing for free.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. They need to stay in business. Oh, sure. Right? Yeah, just don't say that there's no cost when there is. (laughs) (laughs) And then it just becomes a cost-benefit analysis. Right. Is it worth the cost that I'm paying? It's just like any other insurance in your life. Is it worth insuring... Maybe I'm driving a ten thousand dollar car and I'm insuring it for a hundred thousand dollars. Well, the insurance doesn't line up with the car, and the same thing can happen on annuities too. Right. So, is the cost worth the features of the plan? And as part of that cost, you need to look at surrender charges as well. Right. Just kind of as a note, we're generally not a fan of any surrender charges when you originally buy an annuity.
2: It used to be they didn't have them. 20 years ago, when I sold quite a few annuities, actually, with some nice guarantees and stuff, they didn't have them. We kept their surrender charges as low as possible. We got them down to about three years. But here in the last probably four or five years, they've come out with all these insurance companies are coming out with annuities that don't have a surrender charge, meaning you could buy one and then... If a year from now, you look at it and say, you know, I don't really think I need this or I don't want it, or I didn't understand it completely. You can walk away without a fee associated with it.
1: Yeah. So just kind of as a rule of thumb, if you're buying one, ask about surrender charges. And if you have one, it's worth knowing what they are. Right. It's part of the cost of owning one. Mm-hmm. And that usually shows up on your statement, right? So if you have your statement in front of you, there's usually a few different line items to look at. This isn't going to cover everyone, but there's generally an account balance. Mm -hmm. And typically that moves around with the market or some index or some percentage of a guaranteed amount that it's paying every year. But there's an amount that is tied to that annuity. Assuming you haven't already annuitized, right? If you're already getting payments or you've already received the benefits, that's not going to be there. But this is pre that there's going to be some sort of balance on there, as well as a balance in the event of surrender. This is how much you will get if you surrender the contract. So you may have one line that shows $1 amount and then another upon surrendering the contract. This is actually how much you have. Those are the same. You generally don't have surrender charges. If they're different, you may have a surrender charge. It's likely what's showing up there. And I think the other thing on there is maybe some benefit or oftentimes you may have an insurance policy, a death benefit, tied to it as well. And so knowing what that amount is, is worth knowing. And so there's usually multiple numbers on an annuity sheet and understanding what each one of them are kind of goes a long way into just understanding what you actually have.
2: Yeah. And those help you determine, okay, do I still need this or should I be doing something different? So again, it just comes down to what was it bought for? Do the needs still exist? If not, what does it cost me to change if I want to change something? And those are all usually fairly evident on the statement that you get at least once a year.
1: Yeah. So with that, how often do you think you should be reviewing, well, maybe I just need to change this thing?
2: I think people ought to be looking at their annuities probably at least every couple of years. I mean, you forget kind of how it's supposed to work, right? (laughs) I mean, I would definitely look at it at least every couple of years in the context of tax planning and, and investment planning. I'd pull that thing out and say, okay, now why did I buy this? And Is it still working like it's supposed to? And the problem is we find a lot of people bring in their annuity statement and they're extremely disappointed in what they thought they bought and how it's actually doing. And sometimes it's better to pull a plug on a really, really bad situation rather than wait for the surrender charge to go away. So Again, I would take a really close look at them at least every two years, if not more often, and then reassess the decision of, is this still fit or does it not?
1: Yeah. I think looking at it just in the cadence of your other investments and I would line it up with how often you review just insurances in general, Mm -hmm. your house and your car, you should get those repriced or re-looked at every few years. And the annuity should be the same thing because maybe products have changed. Right. And so I think that's kind of the other side. Okay. Maybe we're thinking we need to change this. Can you change them or are you just locked in forever?
2: Yeah. I mean, the ones nowadays, the new ones that we have available, you can change them anytime you want. I rolled mine over a couple of years ago and I'm looking at it going, well, maybe I'll change that. And I can because there's not a surrender charge to do that. So the insurance market is extremely competitive and companies are constantly trying to refine and produce more competitive and better products that solve people's needs. So, again, keep those surrender penalties short and look at them, and then make a decision at least every couple of years whether you should keep it or not. I think the other thing to point out about annuities too is, well, most annuities sold nowadays have some type of a guarantee. There's fixed annuities that just pay a certain amount of interest, and those are guaranteed. And and some of them have living benefit guarantees. Some of them have death benefit guarantees, and They're generally sold as very, very safe investments, and for the most part, they are. But I've been in this business for a long time, and I've seen numerous insurance companies that have gone broke. I've got a client right now that bought a fixed annuity, so just a plain old interest bearing annuity from a local credit union, and big company, you'd recognize the name if I said it, but they went broke, and now he's waiting for his benefit based on the receivership court. So he might eventually get part of the money. Right now, they're saying that they'll release 10% of it. So just because an insurance company says this is guaranteed, it's as good as the insurance company that backs it up. So you got to keep that in mind also.
1: And generally those insurance companies are regulated and looked at and kind of managed like banks are, but banks go broke and insurance companies go broke.
2: Yeah. The difference is the FDIC backs you up (laughs) if it's the bank and not so much if it's the insurance company.
1: Right. And I think usually where you see defaults or insurance companies go under are on annuities that have really rich benefits, right? just way above what the market really is offering. Mm -hmm. Those are usually the companies that may be at a higher risk. And so if you feel like you've got one that's just Way out of line with what other ones seem to be. Maybe you've got a higher risk one, even though you thought you were reducing risk in your portfolio.
2: Well, I know this client felt like he bought a safe one because he bought it at the credit union. So, yeah. you know, he's fear, but things happen and companies make mistakes too. So,
1: and I think default risk is a real thing on annuity, obviously. And I think another part of it is either a different interpretation of the rules or a different understanding of the rules than you originally thought. Right. Just because you have it understanding certain provisions should act a certain way, doesn't necessarily mean that they will.
2: Thus the extra thick contract you get when you buy one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I think, like you said, regularly viewing, okay, is this actually how it works? And what needs to be done? Because there's usually a lot of them are tied to, you have to exercise certain guarantees by certain ages. Mm-hmm. And so knowing what those ages are and whether they changed for real or changed in your mind, you need to understand. So I think there's default risk, which is a big one. And then there's also provisions risk of mm-hmm. how they're understood by you or the insurance company. And so annuities generally tend to be tied to safety, but there are definitely continued risk in owning one.
2: Sure. And that's why they just need to be monitored regularly.
1: Yeah. And oftentimes, you'll get told, well, if you make a change, there's going to be a penalty or there'll be taxes due. Depending on the annuities, oftentimes you can do a rollover if it's inside of an IRA or you can do a 1035 exchange if it's a non-qualified annuity. Now, those are some specific terms, but it's always worth looking at is there's usually ways other than kind of the surrender, which we've already talked about, but usually you can roll over to another contract. And generally there may not be taxes due. Right. And so if that's part of your worry about not making a change, review it and make sure it's done in an appropriate way to kind of manage that, particularly if you're worried about the safety of the company you're right. tied to.
2: Well, if you're worried about safety of the company and you've got a tax liability built up in the annuity, there's ways to kind of handle and take care of that for sure.
1: Yeah. So I think kind of another thing to keep in mind is depending on Where you're at in annuity, you may still fall under the required minimum distribution rules. So if you're over 72 or 73, if you're in your early 70s, depending on where you're at, just keep in mind that there may be required minimum distributions. You've got to take so much out of the contract, depending on what type of account, if it's in a traditional IRA and various features like that. Or even if you have an inherited annuity that's on a payout period, you've got to take certain amounts out that year too. So it adds another layer Of complexity when it comes to required minimum distributions, but just be aware that it's not like it exempts you from that.
2: Right. You can't defer annuities indefinitely. There is a time where you've got to start pulling money out in one form or another. And that's when Uncle Sam gets his pound of flesh. You've been deferring those taxes all that time and (laughs) they don't let any of us do that forever. So.
1: Yeah. So there's always tax issues to consider if you're rolling over or using the funds that you got to. And as long as they still line up with your goals, then by all means, keep the annuity, right? And that's really, I think what all this ties back to us. Why did you buy it in the first place? Mm-hmm. And is it still solving that need for the right cost.
2: Right. Yep. And then the other thing to follow up with on those reviews every once in a while is just make sure that the beneficiaries are up to date on it. annuities or kind of like IRAs. They kind of bypass the probate courts and everything else. And you just need to make sure that You have your beneficiaries designated in an annuity. Make sure that if something happens to you, the funds flow the direction that they're supposed to.
1: Yeah, as well as make sure whoever you're, successor trustee or the beneficiary kind of knows that, hey, I've got this contract Mm -hmm. to follow up in the event of something were to happen to you. And I think that's one thing you always have to take in mind when you're reviewing your annuities, make sure you get the beneficiaries in the right place. And usually another decision to take into account is kind of where's your health at? Mm -hmm. There's usually tied to age and health right? (laughs) are are about when you use maybe some of the guarantees if there's those provisions tied to your annuity. So reviewing, it's not only reviewing the contract, but reviewing kind of the state of life that
2: you're Mm -hmm. in. So at the end of the day, annuities are they're really complicated. And we highly recommend that people have a competent advisor, help them navigate, is this the right fit for me? Does this still meet my needs? Is this the right one? Because they are. I mean, sometimes I look at them like I just don't understand that. And I've been doing this for 40 years. And I mean, that's how difficult some of these are to kind of figure out. So make sure you have a trusted advisor to help guide you with those and we're certainly happy to review anything that people currently have and wanted just a second opinion of. We're, we're happy to review those if you'd like us to. So,
1: Yeah, and I think oftentimes one of the first conversations that we have with somebody who brings in a new annuity that we haven't seen before is we usually start going through the worst case scenario. And it's kind of right. the first time they've ever heard it. Mm-hmm. I think one question to kind of ask yourself as you're reviewing your annuity is outside default of the company, if the company shuts down, obviously right. that's one risk, but what's the worst case scenario? Right. If the market goes down forever, what does this do? If I die tomorrow, what does this do? If I live a hundred years, what does this do? You know, just go through all those extreme cases. and I think that leads to a better understanding of the product you have. Right. It's just, what's the worst case that can happen? What can happen in the-
2: in Yeah, life? Not don't buy it on the best case scenario. Right. Buy it on the, the worst case scenario. If the worst case scenario is pretty darn good, then you've made a good decision.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks again. Hopefully that helps you review the different provisions. Obviously, there's a high level. Every annuity seems to be different. I don't think we've run into two that are really the same. No. (laughs) And so your situation's different. And if you want us to look at it, we're always more than happy to do that and make sure it's solving the needs that you have. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Take care.
0: Thank you for tuning in and listening to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, visit us at ascendinvestment.com, where you can subscribe to our newsletter to keep you up to date. See you in the next episode. Kessler, Norman & Ride LLC DBA Ascend Investment Partners is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where our firm and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Ascend Investment Partners unless a client service agreement is in place. The opinions expressed in this podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice, performance data, or recommendations that any particular security, portfolio of securities, transaction, or investment strategy is suitable for any specific person. This program is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. All opinions contained in this podcast are subject to change at any time without notice. To determine which, if any, investments may be appropriate for you, please consult with your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this podcast is not guaranteed of future results. As always, please remember that all investing involves risk and possible loss.